Coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom shakalaka. Hello, welcome in Important Nonsense Podcast. Steve Bonham, Neil Smith. Neil, how are you doing this evening? Oh, as good as you're going to do. First cold day out here in Colorado. First real cold day, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So that aside, I'm doing well. How about you? How's life down in the how's life down south? Still 70, so can't complain. Uh, we've been living with that for the last couple mm-hmm. weeks, which is concerning for this yeah. time of year. Shouldn't really be possible for it to be that warm outside. But nobody cares about no, that. No, no, nobody that's cares fake about news, that. Yeah. They're here. Well, no, what I mean is they're here. Sure. Yeah, it's fake news. It is fake but they're, news, they're yeah. here to listen to us break down week 11 and to get mm-hmm. everybody, do our normal deal, dance in front of the camera, get prepped for. Uh, yeah, be a dancing bear. I can do that. Yeah, that's right. We got a lot of practice at doing that. Mm-hmm. So from the top, we got a little bit of news, a little bit of news for everybody. Less this week than in the last couple. It's been a busy time in the NFL. But just because we're, you know, we're, we've got a Thursday night game that we're getting ready for tomorrow. And sh- weirdly enough, we've talked about this a couple times. People are counting on Corderell Patterson. <laughs> so we have to do the Corderell Patterson update. He is a game time decision officially. He's still coming back from the ankle injury he suffered last week. And for me, I if he's playing, is he playing for you, Steve? Because I'm recommending you got to have a backup plan here because this is, does not feel like a certainty for me. Uh, with what he's done this season, you kind of have to. Yeah, I kind of figure if he's playing, I'm probably playing him. If he can go, I'm going to give it a run. It's not a great matchup Thursday night against New England's defense. But if you've been riding him, I don't know what your backup plan would be. So I'd probably be inclined to play him if he was going to play. But I I will stress, I would want to have some kind of backup plan. Because I still think there's about a 50-50 shot. He's not playing tomorrow night. It's It feels like a true game time decision. Right. So... Beyond that, there's one other injury of note that we're, we're watching for that game. And it's on the other side of the ball, and it's Damian Harris. So Harris missed last week, frustrated some some folks who were rostering him, but what can you do? And uh, he cleared the concussion protocol, which is excellent, and it means he is on track to play. So for me, if Damian Harris is playing, he's firmly somebody, much like Cordero Patterson, you'd have to tell me what your other options are. Mm-hmm. Against that Falcons defense. See, it is a good matchup for Damian Harris. You don't love the Thursday night, but he didn't play last week, so should be more or less ready to roll as long as he's, you know, officially med- medically cleared, which he's 99.9 of the way through at this point. So Yeah, the only thing that concerns me about uh, Damian Harris is that Bill Belichick is a crazy person. Well, you got uh, <laughs> So Ramondre Stevenson, who has been in the doghouse for basically no reason all year long, uh, now was thrown into action because he had literally no other choice that he had to play nothing but Ramondre Stevenson. And he absolutely went off and had a fantastic game. And now there's every chance that uh, that Belichick is going to come out and say, oh, well, now it's your job. Now you have the chance. Show me what you can do with the full workload. <laughs> and we've also seen from Belichick in the past that a guy has a three touchdown, 200 yard day. And then the next week is a healthy scratch for no reason. So again, it's, 
it's a lunatic running the asylum out there. You didn't even get into the third option, which is that Brandon Bolden scores three touchdowns on Thursday mm-hmm. night for no apparent that reason. He's the lead back for no yeah. reason. Right, you, you, exactly. you didn't even cover that, which is also technically on this wheel. So, yes, as usual, the only thing that scares me about Damian Harris is his head coach. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And that, so that's status quo. Cause yeah. you're worried about that anyway. So mm-hmm. not worried about that. So just a couple quick hitters. They've already ruled Kareem hunt out today for week 11. So everyone waiting for the return of Kareem hunt, you're going to have to keep rolling with your backup plan one more week and hope that he can get back for you in week 12. Not a whole lot more to it. than Ooh, that. Here's a hot one from the, audience Oh, now. all right. Yeah. Dallas Packer boy, who was with uh, the Friday night show. So shout out for coming back. We appreciate it. Uh, should I trade away Deandre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, if so, which wide receiver should I be targeting? Oh, that's interesting. I would yeah. definitely be looking to, way, looking to trade away DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you've been talking about that for a couple of weeks, that the hamstring yeah. injury, the soft tissue stuff always worries us long term. But you've been trying to get out of the DeAndre Hopkins business. Well, I wanted to do that two weeks ago, back before he missed a couple games, because I yeah. feel like that's going to diminish now I feel here. like selling at his minimum value at this point. Kinda. You're getting close. What what it would depend on is who your trade partner would be. Mm-hmm. So that that becomes the the conversation around that. So you, could I would I be interested in trading away DeAndre Hopkins? Yes, I absolutely would. I've been banging the table for that for at least two three weeks now. And what would I want in return? is an interesting conversation at this point. That's the stick, the sticking point here because right. I'm not trading away DeAndre Hopkins for less than, let's say. Well, look, it's a little bit of Mike. a cart before the, uh, the horse situation here because you're previewing for us already what we're going to talk about in the back end of this show. It's true. So we do greatly appreciate that. Um, but generally in these cases, like DeAndre Hopkins right now is wide receiver 26 for the season. Right. And it really depends on, like Neil said, the trade partner you can get here. Because if you can get somebody who sees that wide receiver 26 value um, for the entire season, you're probably going to get a better offer than, say, somebody who's looking over the last four weeks when he's played only two games mm-hmm. and he's got 13.5. You've got history on your side because it's it's DeAndre Hopkins. So if you're dealing right. with somebody who's been playing and paying attention, right. they'll know the name. I did give a name though. I don't know if it came through, but I was saying at wide receiver, I'd say I probably wouldn't be interested for anything that would be less than Mike Evans. Sure. Sort of like that neighborhood mm-hmm. of replacement wide receiver. This gets a little muddy when you go into running back. Uh, but to directly answer it, I'd say, I guess what it's gotta be something pretty decent at running back because of the oh, hold on. variability this is tricky of it. Because look, I love our, our friends over at fantasy pros, but trying to navigate points per game rank <laughs> is very difficult, which is really what I want. Like I was talking about Deandre Hopkins is wide receiver. Please. My, my colleague, he's, he's not <laughs> he's, well, look, he's wide receiver 26 in PPR scoring, which we all know God's scoring the only scoring. Uh, and that is, that's for the total season. So in eight games, he has 125.6 points. So he's got guys like Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Christian yeah. Kirk, DJ Moore, uh, Michael Pittman, who have played 10 games, two full games than he has that are ranked ahead of him. In fact, everybody on the list uh, that is ahead of him right now, other than Deontay Johnson, has played at least nine games. Right. When you look at points per game, 
He's at 15.7, which puts him right around wide receiver 15-ish. Yeah. It's, he's in the 15-16 neighborhood, and that's probably about where he would probably finish and the season. by the by, Terry McLaurin and wide receiver 17 right behind it. Yep. So I think it's it's actually pretty interesting because you're trying to look at guys that have underperformed to this point that you would hope can give you at least that same production value, if not more, if you're going wide receiver for wide receiver straight up. So the guy that we've talked about for the last few weeks that I have eaten a ton of crow on, so AJ Brown, uh, he is he struggled for the first part of the year. I thought this may just be the offense, but of course, uh, what was my caveat to that was <laughs> everything's been working with Derrick Henry. Why would they stop? Well, this is why you stop because well, now you throwing, have literally no choice. Your caveat so, B was Julio Jones. Yeah, was Julio Jones was the favored target. Existing. So now you got Julio on IR, and you've got Derrick Henry gone. So you've got literally nothing left. Marcus Johnson. Yeah. We can talk about that if you want. So AJ Brown is a guy that if I could swap Hopkins for AJ Brown, I would certainly entertain that. That would be Um, a come up for, for everyone involved. Cause I've got, I've got, I mean, AJ Brown, based on how I look at it, should finish the year. Even the clunker game he had last Sunday aside, he'll finish as a top 10 wide receiver, assuming Mm -hmm. something catastrophic doesn't happen. So that's, that's the kind of deal you'd be looking for. I'd say the floor is Mike Evans though. I'm not interested for anything that would be lower than that, really. Well, over the last, let's see, what would that be? Over the last four weeks, Mike Evans is wide receiver seven. I'm not sure you're going to get Mike Evans. Yeah, exactly. It's a hard sell. It's You'd have to be selling it on the idea that there's a lot of miles to feed. Antonio Brown will come back. You'd have to kind of spin that. And And in cases like this, too, what I would love to do and what I'm always trying to do is I'm looking for a two for one if I can. Because you're talking about if I can get Hopkins and or if I trade Hopkins and McLaurin, like who can I get back? What wide receivers to target? Again, my love affair with Rashad Bateman is well documented at this point. Got a lot of tape. But he has not had his breakout game yet. And again, he had a very good week last Thursday. But still, that's not technically a breakout game. I believe he's still a decent value out there. And I believe for just the name value alone of DeAndre Hopkins, I can get Rashad Bateman and a running back. Oh, yeah. I can get Rashad Bateman plus to replace DeAndre Hopkins in my lineup. And and that's really the deal that I'm looking to do. Well, let's look at let's look at it a little differently. Let's take Rashad Bateman's name out of it for a second, because I I, I know that that's something you're passionate about, but maybe not everybody in the listening audience is ready. to. Well, I'm just looking for guys further down the list. Well, that's what I'm doing, too. But I wanted to give let's give some variety to that Mm -hmm. not focus just on because it's a valid choice and I I could I respect it. But what about something like you mentioned him a minute ago, Jalen Waddle and a running back of some some. Yeah, I would because I would do that, too. Yeah. And then Uh, uh, Higgins. T. Higgins is a good one. I was actually T. Higgins go with... has actually had a bounce back second half here. So far. he's been playing better recently and someone might be inclined to not believe that mm-hmm. given the slow start he had surprising enough, Jamal Agnew, he's doing everything I wanted LaVisca Chenault to do. So yeah, Jamal Agnew plus something for uh, uh, you'd have to get a, a much better running back. Uh, but I would say this Jerry Judy would be one too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy would be one. Uh, I'd avoid Tyler Lockett. I'd avoid Brandon Cooks. We're too late in the season for me to want to get in on that. What about Adam Thielen? Yeah, I'd still want I'd Adam Thielen. Probably He's always been Thielen. touchdown yeah. dependent. Yeah, it's that's nothing new. Yeah, and at this right. point, I'm good with it. Like it's 
But my whole point in bringing that up is that Adam Thielen's value for the last like two years now has essentially been completely touchdown dependent. And the problem was last season, he was getting all those touchdowns, which is what boosted up his entire value. But like uh, last week, uh, yeah, this past week against L.A., he caught five of seven targets for 65 yards, no touchdown, 11 and a half points. The week before, he only caught two of his seven targets for six yards, but one of them was a touchdown. And then the week before that, against Dallas, six of his nine for 78 and a touchdown. Right. Again, when he has a touchdown, great weeks. When he doesn't, it's mediocre performances, but he's still getting at least seven targets a game. He's involved in the offense enough that if I can get Adam Thielen and something for Hopkins, I would do it. Yeah, and for redraft, I don't care. But I think what we agree here on, for sure is of these two, I'm definitely holding McLaurin. The boom aspect is that's, there. That's what I want to touch, touch on specifically. I'm not really looking to trade Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I, I would hold that for sure. DeAndre Hopkins, sure. I'm there. I've been there for two weeks. It's right. it, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I also rostered DeAndre Hopkins in a lot of leagues. Believe me, it's something I've directly considered for my own life. So that's not just speculative advice. It directly is how I feel. But Terry McLaurin... I also roster in several leagues and I, I get the blip and I get the, the concern, but I'm not done. And I actually have looking at, and this isn't even my filtering. This is just unedited fantasy pros that I'm looking at right now. Currently Terry McLaurin, they have projected to finish ahead of Deandre Hopkins rest of season for the final tallies. And I don't disagree. Right. So I'm not, I'm not, he's not as high as he was. He was borderline top 10. They've got him at 13. I'd have to apply my own filterings to this, but I'd, it would probably only move it slightly, to be honest. It's something like that. So right. I don't know if I was going to be inclined to move on from Terry McLaurin. If we're going to do what you're talking about, I want Jerry Judy and a quality running back. I want not and not just like throw ins here. Like, I no, I want like I want the primo stuff like that. I'm not prepared to move on from McLaurin yet. Quarterback issues, warts and all. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm trying to see how quickly I can internet here, and it's not not working out. So I can keep far. vamping for you. I'm pretty good at it. Uh, actually, you know what? Uh, just for the Hopkins thing, mm-hmm. uh, that's an interesting one because see, I think a lot of other outlets would probably say, "What about Tyler Lockett?" My com- my comment to that would be, under no circumstances should you try and acquire. Tyler Lockett and a running back for DeAndre Hopkins. That's just getting a mediocre running back for DeAndre Hopkins. Correct. That's just getting not a body for no reason. Do not do that. There are names on here that are worth it. I, and, oh, by the way, I would also probably stay away from Amari Cooper at this point, who would likely be something you would consider, but I'm, I'm shook. Uh, right. And I know you won't agree with Hollywood Brown, or at least you'd probably not agree with Hollywood Brown more than I mean, likely. it's hard to argue with the targets he's still getting at this point and how much I they're know. throwing the ball. Here it I, is. I did it, ladies and gentlemen. I was able to know, internet. Right. Fantastic. Uh, courtesy of our guy Hayden Winks from Underdog Fantasy. He posted this a few weeks back, and I pulled it up from our Discord. But basically, it's a chart. And for the audio listener this is fantastic content oh yeah this is great they love it but it's a gigantic chart and what it's essentially saying is it's a player's catch rate compared to their number of targets at 15 plus air yards Mm -hmm. and essentially dallas goddard has a huge catch rate on those deep passes but he rarely gets them that's one end of the spectrum the other end of the spectrum is 
Terry McLaurin, as of a couple weeks ago, leading the league with 28 targets of 20 or of 15 plus yards. And he still had a 40% catch rate on those targets. So if he gets north of the league average of just average in general, then all of a sudden his yardage goes through the roof. And if he starts scoring touchdowns, then all of a sudden he's an easy top five wide receiver the rest of the way. So he's a guy that I'm holding on to if I can. And if I can buy low, I would love to do it. Exactly. No, Terry, and it's funny because Mike Evans is actually right next to him on that list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's not new either. We've watched Mike Evans run down the field his whole career and he's got Tom Brady hucking it to him. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be good. But no, Scary Terry is, I, 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 that's why I've been a little con confused, I guess, on some right. of the, 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 the comments around Terry McLaurin. And uh, no, I would, I'm still holding on that. 100%. That's a hold. 100%. That's, that's so not. That, so the over, overarching advice there is sell Hopkins if you can and you're looking for decent, wide receiver two plus plus something to go with it. Yeah. You're yeah. looking for something. You're and now we've got Jack way. derailing the show for us as well. Oh, is AJ geez. Dillon, a top five running back as long he as he already knows how to breach our security. Why doesn't he just show up? Like it's <laughs> the it's question a, itself. It's a solid question. It is. Um, Aaron Jones was a top 10 running back anyway. And now he will be out. He's got a sprained MCL. Do we know the actual weeks on that? I believe it was. They they said two. Two. They said one or two. I go with two. I've heard two to four, but they didn't put him on IR. So yeah, I think that's they're, why I'm going they're hopeful two. that it's two. Yeah. Um, so he'll be out at least two weeks. There is literally no one behind AJ Dillon now. They're working out carry on Johnson on their practice squad to see if he can make the active roster on Sunday. So AJ Dillon is a beast. And Neil, I don't want to say I put the kiss of death on Aaron Jones. Okay. I don't want to put that out there, especially with my history with the cleat eye. Yeah. However, with, the, with the kiss of death also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, However, I will say that on this very show last week, check the tape. We had the conversation about, do you want AJ Dillon on your bench? And I said, as a starter, no, I don't want AJ Dillon, but I'd love to have him on my bench because if Aaron Jones were to miss time, he's an instant top 10 running back. Mm -hmm. And here we are one week later, AJ Dillon thrust into the full starting job for green Bay. And I believe he is a locked and loaded instant top 10 running back in all formats. I think top five is accurate. Jack, when you're talking about half PPR and standard, I'm sorry, non PPR, no point. Um, but in full PPR top 10 for sure. Well, I was going to say he's he for me becomes a top 10 because it's funny because it makes Matt LaFleur do something that I know mm -hmm. Matt makes Matt LaFleur physically ill, which is committing to one yeah, he running can't back running back by committee. He doesn't have enough. Which is why carry on Johnson will get 15 carries this that's week right. somehow they'll for a total of 10 yards. Yeah, That's right. That's right. And they'll lose the game because of it. Yeah. But no, it's, it's top 10 for me. A.J. Dillon is top 10 in all formats. He has the upside to be top five, but I think in any given week when I knew Aaron Jones wasn't playing in just about every format, he'd come in probably between six and 10. Yeah. And maybe he would crack the top five in standard and half point, like you're saying. Right. right. And hey, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Right. Because we all know that the minute that there's another available option, we're going back to running back by committee. So this is just my way of saying enjoy it. Don't go out and move mountains to acquire AJ Dillon. This is just one of those things no, that can no, no. happen in fantasy. Hey, this is one of those on beautiful things that you had to have rostered on your bench the entire yes. season, That's and right. now it's finally going to pay off. That's right. You were patient. The right thing happened. 
mm-hmm. and you get to claim your reward for it. That's what this is. Don't go out and try and acquire AJ Dillon because this is only like a two week. I ho- hopefully this will help you clinch a playoff spot mm-hmm. if you were on the bubble because it, it's the kind of thing that could. All right, Neil, that's it from the audience for right now. So let's oh, get for back right on now. track okay. here. Okay. I don't know. I have more thoughts on Terry McLaurin and how awesome he is. <laughs> but we'll, I always have thoughts on that. Uh, we'll, uh, so you were on Kareem Hunt ruled out for week 11. That, and actually, I was wrapping that up, which was there's no real, you already had a backup plan. It's mm-hmm. just he, the, we've been waiting for him to return to see what it's going to do to the Cleveland it's offense. Still... And we got another week to wait. And frankly, the Cleveland offense could use all the help that it can get if, you, yeah. if anyone's been actually watching that. It's not pretty. So two quick headers, they're related. Jeremy McNichols has a concussion for the Titans. Strange that we're learning about that on a Wednesday, but okay. Like that's not normally how that gets reported out, but what can you do? So to wit, to wit on that, Dante Foreman, you and I have both been pro Dante Foreman in the past at various levels. He's had flashes in the league. Injuries have derailed that time and time again. And just, Mm, yeah. That's kind of the way it goes for Dante Foreman. He's healthy right now on a run-heavy team. They don't seem inclined to give Adrian Peterson the football. Jeremy McNichols now has a concussion. Dante Foreman, the number one running back waiver ad, and how high does he go, I guess? Like, what what do you think? Are you in on it all, or are you just avoiding this if you can? I'm avoiding at all costs. Um, I think what what you talked about there actually plays into this a lot that yes, we have been very pro Donta Foreman in the past. So I think you and I both have been burned by this enough that uh, we're not going to get caught up into the hype <laughs> of Donta Foreman. The minute you think you trust Donta Foreman is yes. when something awful happens yes, and you exactly. get it too. Exactly. That is, that-, that is a thousand percent how this tends to go. And look, I, I love, like I said, we've always loved Dante Foreman's talent. There was a time there before David Johnson showed up in Houston where we thought Dante Foreman could be the number one back they wanted for the him Texans. To be the number one back, it looked he like. He was the best guy, but he kept yeah. getting hurt. And at this point, he's 25 years old. And there's a reason that a 25 year old running back is on what? His sixth team? Something now, like his sixth different stint on a different roster in the NFL. So it's difficult for me to believe that. All of a sudden, he's going to come in and have this massive uptick and be a guy that you can rely on in fantasy or in any other format this week. Now, I understand like last week because of the injury to McNichols, he did take on a larger role. But even then, Jeremy McNichols still played 16 percent of the snaps in week 10 before he got hurt. Adrian Peterson played 20. Donta Foreman played 21. Right. So it's, it's not it's a like, monster. yeah, it, I, I'm, and that's not percent. That's like total snaps. So it was mm. 16, 20 and 21. So it's not like he was setting the world on fire. And now all of a sudden McNichols is out of the picture. I still think it's between Peterson and Foreman and sure they'll ride the hot hand, but we've already seen in this Tennessee offense. Yes, it can be run heavy. Yes, they will hand the ball off and run as much as they possibly can. But for crying out loud, Neil, we were just talking about this as well. Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. They had two guys sharing the workload. And until one of them took over the job, it wasn't usable in fantasy. Right, right. It 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 served no purpose. Right. So I I think that's the same situation here is unless you're telling me that Donta Foreman is going to get 75% of the workload, I'm not super interested in it. Like what, 
What did Jeremy McNichols do with the majority of the job in week nine? Less than nothing. Yeah. That's what I wanted to call out is that, frankly, where I'm going to with this is if Dante Foreman doesn't win it outright here and Mm -hmm. rapidly. Right. Like, it would be nice if you could do that this week, Dante, if you're going to do it, because then I'll walk all this back. Right. And and, and I'll, I'll apologize. I'll send you an edible arrangement. I'll take care of all of it. The the thing where I'm getting to is I think all of the Titans running backs are functionally droppable. Yeah. 100%. If Dante Foreman can't win it, you don't need any of them because they don't matter. They all get six points a week on average or something like that. I mean, I can make an argument that I don't even care. Yeah. Like this week like, in a streamer spot. Sure. If you wanted to play Dante Foreman because you were super desperate. Ride the but, hot hand and see if you get lucky. Sure. But let's say he goes off and has a, a big week and does great. That's fantastic. McNichols clears concussion protocol next week and is right back. And we're right back where we started. Right. There's no way they put a Derrick Henry workload on any of these guys. And that's that's the only thing that was valuable about this. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. At this point, I'm willing to give it a week or two here on Dante Foreman, yeah. but I would not have gone out and spent a number one waiver claim on him if I could have avoided it. Correct. And I would not have spent all my fab, fab. Yeah. either. I wouldn't have done that either. But the thing about it is I'm to the point where it's like, yeah, I just cut them all. Yep. None of, none of it's rosterable unless 100%. somebody can separate. 100%. It's all pointless. And it's funny. You're talking to a guy who's also in that situation. <laughs> it's not, it's not a lot of fun folks. No. So I'd say, I'd say, begrudgingly yes mm-hmm. it, it's none of it's useful unless our somebody... guy dallas packer boy again so we just answered his question about hopkins and mclaurin so now he wants to know oh. start deandre hopkins this week or devonta smith and for me it's smith ba- going back to what we had just talked about mm-hmm. before i'm not 100 percent positive that hopkins even plays this week if he does he's still nursing that injury probably on a limited snap count and we still don't know for sure that it's kyler that's that's where i was going is that there's a lot too many markers on mm-hmm. Hopkins at this point to where I would take my shot on Smith. And I don't think he's going to get you the two touchdowns. He got you last weekend, but I, I don't have either of them rated particularly high. In fact, mm-hmm. I can tell you, uh, I have, I have Devonta Smith in my top 20. It, okay, I have Devonta and, Smith at 23. And so. again, in two negative matchups, Devonta Smith, the last two weeks has finished in PPR as wide receiver two and wide receiver eight. Sure. And so, and and he has a combined three touchdowns in those two games. So again, I'll give you that, but even still six targets in each of those games, five for one sixteen against the chargers four for 66 against Denver. The two touchdowns certainly helped in that Denver game, but he put up enough points that he still would have been top 20, even without the touchdowns. Well, it it doesn't hurt you that, that uh, Goddard's dealing with his own concussion. Mm-hmm. So there might be some additional targets to go around. Can't say for sure they would go to Smith, but there's every chance. So no, I have Smith. Oh, he at is proven to be the alpha on this team. Oh yeah, he's and they're destroyed. going up against New Orleans, who has right. a decent uh, defense on the front line. They're tough to run against, but their secondary continues to be a sieve. They just, yes. Oh yeah. Everybody run through. Him, well, and so. also it's interesting because with Smith, he, yeah, he's your point. He's destroyed Jalen Rager and mm-hmm. whatever other receivers. The only thing that was competing with him for targets was Dallas Goddard. So yeah. at this point, Devonta Smith, I have at 23 and Hopkins, I have lower than that. And I, and I echo you, I'm not convinced Hopkins is going to play. Yeah. I don't have Hopkins ranked, so I, I don't think he's going to play this week. And if he did, I would have him in the flex range. You know, I do have 30s. Hopkins ranked and I'll drop him officially when it, when it comes time. 
yeah. towards the end of the week. But if he doesn't practice, what I've been doing is he starts in like the 20s, and then he goes to the 40s and the 60s, and then on game yeah. day he's in the 80s because I don't think he's going to play. Yep. All right, Neil, that's it for the notes, it looks like. Do we have well, anything else? Well, that's there, more or I less do have a couple notes. quick hitters if you want to go through those real quick. Yeah, go here. ahead. Fire away. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was cut by the Ravens officially, so he is no How longer How could I forget to put that on the show sheet? Uh, again, oh. it because it's not fantasy relevant. It just made me laugh. I it, usually it's put just things... an anecdote at this yeah. point. It just made me laugh. I usually put things that make me laugh on the show sheet. Nah, so yes, that, that again, I, I said it publicly when he was signed. Le'Veon Bell has proven over the last couple of years that he was just a system back playing in the, the Steelers. Good system. Not so much him. Um, if they can put the Steelers like system in the Hall of Fame, then yeah, that that's what belongs there, but not that's a good idea. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to make a bust of that, but <laughs> maybe it's just a bust of Tomlin. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll we'll see. Maybe it's Cower. Um, yeah, of Cower. Yeah, yeah. Going I think he already back. has one. I think he way might already have back. one. Yeah. But uh, uh, but yeah, that was just to note because Latavius Murray is still hurt, so he sh they're hoping to get him back this week. But now with cutting Le'Veon Bell, that probably means Tyson Williams is going to be back doing something, something on the active roster. So it's just worth noting. I still don't think any of it is fantasy relevant. I think Devonta Freeman is the closest to fantasy relevant, right? right. Like he's the nearest to it, but, but how, yeah, are you going to be about the how he's played to this point and how much they think of Williams as a special teams guy is kind of the reason they were willing to let Le'Veon go for nothing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Miles Sanders was designated to return from the IR, so they just opened up his 21-day practice window so he could come back within the next three weeks. Joe Flacco is surprisingly getting the start for the Jets after Mike White laid an egg this past week. That's all it took. But uh, Zach no Wilson is still not ready to go. So it'll... There's no kind of about it. It's very close. Uh, let's see. What about all that? Oh. Uh, Darnell Mooney dealing with a foot injury, Allen Robinson dealing with a hamstring injury, both mispractice on Wednesday, not huge deals, not overly concerned about either one. And then Aaron Rodgers toe injury that he suffered apparently doing something. I guess he took yeah. that injury designation into the game. Uh, so he just said it was worse after the game. Who knows? We'll see if that actually even matters, but he should be fine. And then they're still trying to get Chris Carson back. So yeah, that's probably that. I'm not super excited about Chris. Oh, Carson and uh, Alvin Kamara, who's been taking every Wednesday off all season, actually practiced on Wednesday today. So it, that's a good sign for him potentially coming back this week after missing only one week. That Again, Kamara was theoretically healthy enough to play this past week, but the Saints are trying to be smart about. His usage, not wanting to get him severely hurt. And last week, he didn't practice at all. They held him out of the game. Uh, and now they're going to uh, to go back. You mean they don't want to have another Mike Thomas situation on their hands? They're learning. I guess. They're learning. 
But I, when you think about it, it's pretty smart for them to actually finally do that for a change. That they said he's not actually like fully blown hurt. It's not a serious injury, but that he looked like he was laboring and playing through mm-hmm. pain in their previous game. And because of that, they said, let's just be smart about it and hold him out. for. I'd rather them do, if they're going to give him the kind of workload they've been giving him, I've said it for years. I would rather they do that every once in a while, just to not get him killed. If you're going to work him that hard. And I get why you got to work him that hard. Cause what else do you have? Right. You're trying to be a playoff team and you have like one good player. And I feel like they felt confident enough to do that after they got Mark Ingram. Yeah. 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 Cause other without that, what would you do? Yeah. And Mark Ingram is just such a nice story. Mm-hmm. coming home like that's but that's it's, it. it's that's all nice i got what do, what do you got for me neil well it's funny because i'd be interested to see how that works as an audio format because on my side there was a huge lag spike through about the last minute of the of, of you talking at one point and i'm not sure whose end that is on interesting interesting so what i have is we're going to finish the conversation you and I were having last week around rest of season rankings, trade targets, and things like that, because the trade deadline uh, for standard leagues, at least, and obviously check your own league settings, but it is December 1st this year. So you have two weeks from today to get everything situated in uh, for your playoff roster. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a similar conversation to what we did with running back last week, where we broke down, different players and our outlook on them for rest of season. And from there, we'll be able to kind of identify trade targets, right? So it's pretty straightforward process. So what we'll do is we'll go through this with kind of more of an eye to things that are a little bit more useful. Cause obviously as we kind of teased when we were answering uh, uh, the questions in the first segment was, you know, it's not always realistic to try and get something near the top of the chain. So, and I also, I also owe America and everyone an apology about my Michael Pittman comments from last week. I said I had him at wide receiver eight for the remainder of the season. I will owe everybody an apology because I'm dumb. Like this guy apparently occasionally make a mistake. And I was looking at my spreadsheet that I keep for all this information. And I realized I had a filter on. So I lost a couple names off there. And so I'll take a mea culpa on that. That's my fault. So in reality, I have Michael Pittman wide receiver 13 for the rest of the year. I had some filtering. I was working on some stuff. Didn't realize I still had that applied. That is my fault. And I will endeavor to do better in the future. But I have him at 13, 14. He's absolutely someone I stand by this that I'd be looking to target rest of season. To to everybody who was asking you know questions before about who would you want to target? I mean, if I could trade DeAndre Hopkins for Michael Pittman straight up, I would do it today. That's kind of where I'm at at the season. I, mean, that's, I don't have him... I don't have him as wide receiver eight, obviously, but I do have him higher than DeAndre Hopkins. So 13 is still higher than where I have Hopkins. So I would highly recommend taking a look at Michael Pittman for your playoff roster. He'd be a nice replacement. Uh, he's got just a soft schedule. Well, he doesn't have the world's greatest schedule, but he's got a, a manageable schedule with a lot of upside at this point because they're just targeting him like crazy. So I mentioned uh, Mike Evans. Uh, before that's someone that I'm very interested in again not the greatest schedule for the playoffs and down the stretch but I would be highly interested in taking a look at at what Mike Evans is at right now and it's unfortunate that if you had I wish everyone would have started this project two weeks ago when we talked about it the last time we talked about this topic it's a uh, 
it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because he's really picked it up the last few weeks and that's kind of what I've been saying is going to happen at some point. It helps that Antonio Brown hasn't been playing, but I'm still a believer in Mike Evans' rest of the season. Uh, if you're looking for something that actually does have a really great schedule, we teased it at the top as far as wide receiver rest of season. This is more in the wide receiver two category, but Jalen Waddell is the last man standing in Miami. It looks like they're they're going to actually let Tua start, which thankfully they're going to do that because Jacoby Brissett has been a train wreck. And, you know, you were hoping for Tua. At least I was. So you end up with Tua. And what I would what I would love to to just impart to, to everyone is, I mean, Jalen Waddell, in addition to being the last man standing, has been having a really interesting season for PPR because he's just heavily he's just been really heavily targeted. The last four weeks for Waddle, six, 10, 11, eight, and I'll give you five, five weeks, 13. That's a, that's a very healthy clip. He owns a really nice percentage of the total target volume in Miami. You still have the buy in week 14. So it doesn't, it, that that's not ideal, but it doesn't impact your playoffs at least. And coming up on the schedule here for, uh, for Miami at the jets. I love it. Home versus Carolina, that is not as scary as it looked at the start of the year. Home against the Giants, that's a great matchup. The Giants' side secondary is dreadful. Uh, you've got the um, you've got the bye in Week 14, as I mentioned, which is not ideal. Then you get the Jets again for the wor- first week of the fantasy playoffs. I love it. Followed by on the road at New Orleans, which is a great matchup. Uh, Steve mentioned before he unfortunately lost his internet, which is why I'm the only one talking to you right now. Normally this would be more of a conversation, but Steve's internet has unfortunately failed him at the worst possible moment. Uh, He will be back with us as soon as he possibly can be. And to that point, he mentioned before his internet dropped that the saints have a terrible secondary. That's very accurate. And that's who the dolphins get to play in week 16, week 17 for your fantasy championship on the road against the Titans, who have, they have effectively the worst secondary in pro football this year, the Titans do. So I, there's, I would love to be able to get a piece of Jalen Waddle. That's kind of why I referenced it earlier when the gentleman asked us who he should be trying to target. I really do like the idea of trying to trade DeAndre Hopkins for Jalen Waddle and a competent level running back, if I could do it. That would be, that would be something I would be highly interested in because the volume is there. And the, the the matchups are there. It's just a really, he hasn't done enough yet to command this huge price tag. So you could actually be able to get a nice ancillary piece in a running back or something else to go with it for a DeAndre Hopkins. So that's something that I am, something that I'm pretty excited about if I can, uh, if I can get somebody to agree to it. Jerry Judy's another one. Doesn't have quite the schedule Waddle does, but very interested in that. I'd be avoiding Cortland Sutton at this point, And I'm a big Cortland Sutton guy for longtime fans of the show, but I can't trust Cortland Sutton at the moment. I just, there's something wrong with either him or Bridgewater or the offense. And with Judy coming back, Judy's the one I would want. He's the one who's more involved getting the much higher target share. It pains me to say this because I believe Cortland Sutton to be a wide receiver one in the NFL. He's shown he can do it. It's just, I can't, I can't recommend him for the rest of the season. We'll we'll look at it again next year and we'll retarget. But for this year, I don't think you're going to be able to trade Cortland Sutton, to be honest, for anything that makes any sense, unless you're going to be able to get some sort of wonky two for one going the other way. Worth exploring if you can do it, but I think the degree of difficulty is going to be a little bit high. Um, beyond that, there are a 
couple other like kind of kind of interesting ones on this list. Just real quick, Steve. If he was Steve was here, he would reiterate his notes about Rashad Bateman. Uh, so I will say I co-signed with a lot of that. Not maybe not quite to the level that he does, but I do believe Rashad Bateman to be a special player in the NFL. And if I could acquire him for the remainder of the way, uh, he has not quite had his breakout game yet. To Steve's point, so no guarantee he will. I feel better about Waddle if I could do Waddle if I'm looking for the younger guys. But Bateman would be second on the list as far as things for that are relevant to redraft for this season. And then I've got one more weird one ladies and gentlemen, and it's Hunter Renfro. And mostly because I think you could acquire Hunter Renfro for virtually nothing. I mean, he's wide receiver 27. Uh, it's It's been hit or miss in things that are not PPR. So you really want to avoid this advice if you're playing in PPR. But if you're playing, if you're playing, I'm sorry, if you're playing in non-PPR, if you are playing, in, <laughs> if you are playing in PPR, Hunter Renfro should absolutely be on your watch list as you're evaluating targets for rest of season. The hype hasn't caught up to him yet. He's only 25. And I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing I did with Waddle and go through target counts. Last two weeks uh, after the buy, nine and nine. Before the buy, eight, five, eight, eight. Going back to the beginning of the season, six, seven, nine. He's been heavily involved. And after the horrible incident with Henry Ruggs, uh, he's, there's very little left to challenge him. And they're not, Darren Waller's not having the season that we expected him to. So somebody has to pick up the slack. And honestly, it's Ben Renfro. It's, it's not sexy and he's not getting this like huge depth of target, but he is getting, he is getting just the volume. The volume is King in this response. And I mean, look, it's hard to want to get super excited about nine for 46 and a score. I, I get that. It doesn't seem great, except it is great though. Even the nine for 46 would have gotten you to flex. The score is just a bonus. And he's got four touchdowns on the year. I can't say he's going to score a touchdown every week, but it feels like the floor at that point would be about 12 to 13 points average. And the ceiling is borderline. It's like an 18. It's something like that. It's 18, 19. And if he hits that touchdown, it's like, it's the same conversation we had about Adam Thielen. When he hits it, I mean, you're probably going to win. And he's hit it the last two weeks. So he also has already had his bye. Very favorable schedule for them going back through it. Uh, Cincinnati, Dallas, Washington, which hasn't panned out. Kansas City, Cleveland secondary has been atrocious. Denver's a bad matchup in week 16. But then the Colts don't scare you in week 17. So I'm not afraid to want to acquire Renfro. And if I'm looking to upgrade my team on the cheap, let's say maybe I just don't have a whole lot of draft capital I want to get rid of. Or, you know, maybe I only have one piece that I really want to trade. Renfro is an interesting one because he could likely be acquired for very little at this point still. He still hasn't quite progressed up high enough up the leaderboards that that it matters. Like, he's not, he's not a household name, as it were, just yet. Veteran fantasy players will know it. If you're dealing with somebody experienced, nah, might be. They might ask you for more than what I'm willing to commit. But... I mean, I have Hunter Renfro at 33 the rest of the season. Hello. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Did you get your phone turned on as a hotspot? <laughs> I wish. That would have been you, nice. Did you Did you email Greg Abbott and tell him to fix your internet? I absolutely did. Okay. Uh, you know, I am here, Neil, on my, uh, on my phone with my ghetto rig going. So for you, the people, I'm here. 
You are for welcome. you, the people. All right, Steve is back. You're welcome. So Steve, I have my well, in case of emergency uh, phone stand ready to go with the headset. So. Well, I've been entertaining the listening audience with my my trade targets that I've just started rattling. You know, I heard you point. vamping. I appreciate yeah. that. I, well, you got to keep you know dead air. We get alarmed back in <laughs> Bristol. You can't. You can't. You, know, you right. can't just yeah. not talk. You gotta. You exactly. gotta keep going, yeah. and you gotta power exactly. through it. So. I'm sure people are tired of history of listening to me talk because they just got a 10 minute steam blast right in their ears, like uninterrupted <laughs> as I just rattled off my trade targets that I'm, I've got for my own pur- nefarious purposes over here. All right. What do you got? You got questions for me? Yeah. No. Ooh. Oh, uh, beep. Um, the, uh, <laughs> see, we lost your camera, but yeah, I'm yeah, trying no. to fix my, no, uh, you're my fine. You're fine. Here. We have, I have questions. We can pick this up from where we left off and, what's going on with everything. But I was saying, I guess you might've missed it. What I was saying is I'm, I all, I started off after you dropped where I just went straight into this. And I was like, first I offered up my apology that I had prepped for this. Cause I'm dumb and you know, this, they might not, but you know, sure, I, sure. You, you've got a lot of experience with me and my inability to like sometimes remember to do things. When I was talking to you last week about, I had Michael Pittman at number eight rest of season. I realized something about 10 minutes after that show wrapped. I was looking at my spreadsheet for that and I realized I had filters applied that literally had pushed him up the list. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I'm correct. I corrected that. And I was like, no, I have Michael Pittman at 13, not eight for the rest of the still pretty high, still pretty high, but I feel, but that's, that's more real. Uh, And so it's not eight though. Like eight was a bit of a stretch and I was trying to talk my way through it. And I'm like, how did I get to eight afterwards? And I'm like, Oh, you didn't, you have filters. Like, so that's, that's, that's what that started with. And then I started going through individuals that I'd be interested in trying to acquire for a playoff push effectively, just something I know cold. One was Michael Pittman rehashing that topic, uh, talking about how he was still at 13. Frankly, I was actually mentioned if I could get Michael Pittman for Deandre Hopkins straight up at this point, I'd probably be inclined to do that. That would be. That would be where I'm at with it. I've got him just a little bit. I would agree with that, Hopkins, but I feel so. like Pittman's too hot and Hopkins is Hopkins too, is too for cold. That to work. So I'm, it's, yeah. it's a difficult deal, but it's just to give an idea of like, I would absolutely do that deal if it was available. So if you've got somebody who isn't sold on Pittman or was afraid of him, it's going to be a tough sell. Right. But beyond that, uh, I had also mentioned, I had kind of moved into uh, Hunter Renfro weirdly was on my list of guys that I'm looking for. And I just got done talking about Hunter Renfro. It's the volume yep. and the target share. hundred percent. Yeah. He's like, he's good. Cole Beasley light mm-hmm. is what he is. There you go. I've got Hunter Renfro in a couple of leagues. Um, and it's been, it's been working out pretty great so far. Can't complain. Well, he's averaging eight targets uh, or sorry, nine targets now roughly right. over the last like four. And he's catching seven of them on average. And it's like, his floor is at 13 in PPR. I don't want any of this in non PPR, but since this is a PPR show, it's mm. like his floor is at 13. Uh, he's great in half PPR too. That, yeah, that would be good. Don't, too. don't get me wrong. Like, but in PPR, I've got him in half PPR as well. And he's great. His floor is at 13. And if he scores a touchdown, it's a 19 roughly. Yeah. Like it's, it's really good. Like I'd be interested in that. And I think from what I've seen just on the internet and just in other source material that we look at and keep tabs on in our own stuff, he's, still very acquirable is the yeah. thing. Yeah. He's still, that's what I'm saying. If he, if you're looking to upgrade your team on the cheap effectively, relatively, right. Yeah. Hunter yeah. Renfro is what I'm looking for. 
something like that, where it's not going to yep. cost me too much of an other capital outlay. And I think I'm going to profit on that. And then the other one I was saying, my big one, the one that I'm most interested in relative to what it would cost is actually Jalen Waddle. It's a function of him being the last man standing to a coming back starting uh, and the schedule. Right. Their, their schedule is so favorable for wide receivers the rest of the way. They basically don't really have a bad matchup the rest of the way. Yeah. So Waddle is my guy as far as like, this is what I'm actually looking to target rest of the way. And that's just the synopsis of it. I've got a little bit more data on the whole Waddle thing, but wheels up on Jalen Waddle for me. And then yep, I agree there. The only other one that I was, uh, those were the hot, those are the, the kind of, Oh, I had also mentioned <clears throat> you can't trade out of Cortland Sutton at this point, mm -hmm. but I would in no way recommend trying to acquire Cortland Sutton at this point given what we've seen. I don't know if it's him or Teddy or just the offense or if he's not healthy or whatever it is, but can't trust it. it. Well, it just feels like it's such a bizarre scenario, right? Because last year you had Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and Curtis, uh, Samuel. Curtis Samuel, all thriving, all getting looks, all having big seasons. Um, career years, respectively, for all of them. and Got two of them paid. I mean, we thought he would just transition over to Denver, and now all of a sudden, look, you've got Sutton, and you've got Judy, and, and you've you got, got Fant. Fant. Yeah. All three of these guys and can KJ do Handler the... Handler when he's healthy. All three of these guys can do the same thing you just did in the other situation. Why not let it happen again? And it's, it's just been whenever Jerry Judy is in the lineup, he locks in and is focused on just Jerry Judy. And then when Judy's out of the lineup, he locks in and is just focused on Cortland Sutton. And it's like he can't trust anyone on this offense other than his primary first read. And I don't know why that is. Yeah, it's weird. And then, uh, like, when they take one of those options away, he will look at Tim Patrick. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Like, there's, there's nothing else. And Fant is all over the map in terms yeah. of that, too. It's really hard to predict. So I'm avoiding anything like that except for Jerry Judy. Yeah. If I could acquire Jerry Judy, I would try. Yep. There's there's definitely some some upside to that, but that's kind of what I was talking through. And then obviously we touched on T Higgins too, who mm, I'd probably yeah. just hold T Higgins. I don't know if I would try to acquire him. Would you want to acquire T Higgins? I guess it would depend on relative price points. Yeah, it would depend on the price point, but I certainly would be interested. I mean, we talked about this in the preseason how I thought Chase was the one. Higgins was the two and then Tyler Boyd was the very distant three. And what was happening at the beginning of the year was it was just chase. Yeah. And nothing else. <laughs> yep. And, and now and that's at least yeah. kind of balanced out with the, uh, the fact that over the last few weeks, Burrow has actually been looking of course, still to chase, but in the last couple games before their bye, he was also favoring T Higgins a little bit more uh, in the passing game. So yeah, I think Higgins is on the upswing now. He's getting back closer to where I expected him to be back in 20s, high-end 30s. And he, he's somebody, if I can get it at a relatively cheap price, I'd absolutely add him to my roster. Yeah, I just don't know how real that's going to be. That's why I was going for, like, I was curious out of the young guys. I figured you'd rather have Bateman over Waddle, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of. I'd rather have Bateman over a lot of people. The only yeah, I know, I know. It's why it's not a productive conversation when you're. It's <laughs> why I tend to ask you about other players, because we've already documented that several times. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, that's that's just kind of a rough idea of trade targets. Do you have anybody you're interested really in like targeting and acquiring? Because we're getting well, to that we, time of year. That's why we're having this conversation. We got two weeks as a Yeah, we, we talked about Devonta Smith. I think he's okay. on this upswing a little bit in terms of yardage and production, but he was already being favored heavily as the primary guy there. I think now that we're past the trade deadline, that it's Jalen Hurts' show the rest of the way to at least see what they've got in this quarterback, that the connection between him and uh, Smith can't be denied. So I, yeah. I think that we're going to be okay seeing that for a little while here. Um, so I'm good there. Again, if you're a, a team that's trying to push all in, we talked about Hunter Renfro. I said he was Cole Beasley light, Cole Beasley original, uh, the yeah. OG. Cole Beasley, which would also be very acquirable, I think, yeah. given the rib injury and the up and down nature of his season. Right. hundred uh, percent. And then Elijah Moore is one That's who is, one. he is white hot That's an interesting right now there. after he was, you know, off the face of the earth for the beginning of the year. We talked about the fact that it, it was crazy how it was going to be. Is it Corey Davis? Is it Denzel Mims? Is it, uh, Elijah Moore, who's the wide receiver one on this team, who is actually going to emerge as the favored target. And now, again, as we have said time and time again, Mike White made Michael Carter a top two running back while Mike White was the starter. Right. He, Michael Carter was white hot, but only when Zach Wilson was out of the lineup. Fantasy relevant only when Zach Wilson isn't playing. Now here we are over the last three weeks, and Elijah Moore is what top ten, top fifteen. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, without the I, internet, can, I, I don't, but have something that. like that. I don't have that, but I can tell you game log. Last week, thirteen and a half. The week before was the blow up game against Indy, twenty seven point five, thirteen point yeah. one, and then ten point two is the start of the breakout, which is post the buy. So week seven, I wouldn't count anything before week seven. Right. Uh, so so he's been white hot lately. He's coming and off of it's been all without Zach Wilson in the lineup. So again, I fear for any New York jet that you have on your roster. Once <laughs> Mike white or once it's no longer Flacco or white or anyone that isn't Zach Wilson. And when Wilson's back, I think you're in trouble, but, but until then ride the wave. Yeah. I will. I'll say this in terms of the last four weeks, mm-hmm. he's coming off of, that's 18, 20, 26 targets. Yeah. And I rattled off those numbers. Seven, 10. How many do you think? Okay. So yeah, he's got 26 targets. How many do you think he caught? Of his 26 targets? Yeah. Probably like 12, 14, something like that. You got pretty close. Uh, 17. So. Well, better than I thought. Yeah. That's not, that's not the end of the world it's not the greatest catch radius we've ever or catch rate we've ever seen, but he's getting a good amount of volume at this point. So I'd be okay with it. I just know that this one scares me as far as like a trade acquisitions purposes kind of thing as a waiver ad all day, every day. And I'd spend a good amount of fab on it too, actually. Mm-hmm. But as a trade, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to evaluate what you would want to trade away with all the words that you're talking about, I, I, what would you, I get, I mean, it depends on what you feel the value is. You know what I mean? Like what the Elijah Moore manager is thinking he's actually worth. 
yeah. at this point because he's that's coming off I, a hot I'm, streak. Well, that's where I'm so going. That could be he's trying to sell high, but again, I think he's kind of in the same boat. I'd much rather have Bateman or Waddle or something like that. But if I can get Elijah Moore plus something, uh, for example, our our guy Dallas Packer fan when he was asking the question, like, look, if the plus something isn't a running back, if you can get Jalen Waddle and more get two of those wide receivers in that range okay. for Hopkins. Yeah. That's something okay. I'd absolutely do. I'd have to run that through the spreadsheet to see where the actual math came in on that. But I like the example. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Cause it might be worth it at that point. It'd be close. Yeah. Particularly if you played in a keeper league. Yeah. What you just described actually in dynasty would be amazing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that'll never deal. happen. Never happen. Yeah. It'd be a crazy deal. But for redraft, it does get to a point where it's like, mm, it's close. Because, right. yeah, my concern about trying to acquire Elijah Moore is that he's almost been too good over the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. And coming off that 27, it might drive the price to a point where I'm not totally confident. But I will say this, as far as we'll do compliment sandwich, he's been good, concerned about the price tag. Final compliment. I went through the schedule that the Dolphins have coming up, which is part of the reason I'm so high on Waddle, rest of season. Right. Well, the jet schedule is right there because they play Miami. They do it in reverse. So it's Miami, Houston, Philly, the Saints, which we talked about, and I reminded them again, that secondary has been bad. Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, who's got a good defense, but not their secondary is not great. And there you go. So the Jets have a bunch of really nice wide receiver matchups the rest of the way too at this point. So that right. does work in his favor. I will say that. One of the few things, actually, that is working in his favor, given the <laughs> relative state of that team. Yeah, low bar, right? Low bar. Yeah, right? Yeah. So beyond that, Steve. I'm yeah, Elijah Moore, that was the only one that really popped off the page at me, other than okay. what, the guys that you had already listed there. Okay, okay, because it seems like we have some alignment there. Is there anyone that you're like, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta cut bait on this right now. I, I gotta be done. It's gotta go. I got a couple that I'd be interested in 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 hustling off here, if I could. Okay, go. You go ahead. So, some of these are a little bit are a little bit interesting, but I would be very much inclined to take a long look at uh, at Stefan Diggs off the big game and say let's let's see maybe what I could turn this into if I could parlay it into something else. But that's a tough one because he has been, you know, good enough, if that makes sense, especially with the kind of uptick in performance the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't know about it's that just, one. Like we talked about that a few weeks ago where it's when you look at the numbers, it's disappointing because, yeah, coming into the year, he was my PPR wide receiver one. Right. He was the guy I felt most most confident in was going to keep his uh, consistent volume up. And look, to this point, he still has not gone below 10 points no, in, in PPR no. in a game. He's still been extremely consistent for you. He's just not giving you the boom weeks he was giving you last year. So it's disappointing in that regard, but I would say he's still very consistent for your roster. You'd have to get something really good back in return. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the reason that you'd want to – got to be judicious about it. I'm mm-hmm. not, that's not the advice, by the way. I don't want to get misconstrued. Again, it's not, like in, it's in not that case – I have case, to trade Stefan Diggs for – Right yeah, now. in that case, I would if I was willing to move Stefan Diggs off my roster, it's because someone's giving me top five wide receiver value. If you're giving me what he's done to this season value, like top 20 value, 
I don't want that. If, no. if you're going to give me top five value, which is his ceiling, then yeah, I'd take that. Well, this is where we get into the idea of two for ones too. Again, yeah. where it's like, look, if I could, if they wanted to give me Jalen Waddle and a running back I could use, and I needed a running back, I'd consider it. Mm-hmm. I'd think about that. So that's that's the one that I'm like, he's near the top of the tree, and it's it also has to do with it doesn't matter as much when you get that high up the tree on schedules, but. Right. Their schedule the rest of the way for wide receivers is not is not ideal. So I, it's something to think about. Similarly, we already talked about DeAndre Hopkins. I've been very vocal about that topic, and we've covered it ad nauseum on this show, so I'm not going to rehash it here. But I was going to ask you about one. If you could move Brandon Cooks before the playoffs started, would you be inclined to do it if it made yeah. sense to get – Yeah, 100%. so would I. Yeah. So would I. Brandon Cooks – has had a nice, very nice start to the season for me, mm. but at this point, the bloom is off the rose. I mean, and I would have moved Brandon Cooks when they were having him be a top ten wide receiver, like yeah, four well, that weeks was, we, into the we, year. We talked about that. That was yeah. the time to do it. But if you didn't, for whatever right. reason, I would be inclined to still try. Yeah, it's it's something that I would continue to do. Uh, I would I'll, I would always trade Tyler Lockett. I wouldn't roster Tyler Lockett to be honest. That's <laughs> yeah, we've talked about rule. this. Yeah, I yeah. never want to be in the Tyler Lockett business, and if I am, I want to be out of it. I want to be out of it as quickly as possible. Yeah, like so, think about think about this the start to this season and what a fantastic start to the year it was for guys like you and me. Where it's <laughs> if you've rostered Tyler Lockett, it's because you felt like you had to because he fell to a decent spot in the draft. It was a good enough value at that point to take him. And you rostered him. And now all of a sudden he goes off for like the first two weeks of the season, blows up top 10 wide receiver. And you're like, yes, this is it. This is my window. Sell top 10. Oh, trade him for anything. It's Yeah. I'm going to cash this ticket as hard as I possibly can. Cause somebody's mm-hmm. going to be my sucker. Yeah, like, exactly. and, then, and then I'll Where's see your I'll, Huckleberry. Yeah, exactly. Find it. Cause they're all, they're in every league. There's always somebody who wants Tyler Lockett. Cause they're not yeah. paying attention to the, the overall stats. They just look at the box scores and it's like, yeah, uh, it's awful. So the, the other one uh, is Mike Williams. I want off as quickly as possible. And I'm not, I'm not even going to be as picky. Mm-hmm. As I would be ordinarily, I want I want out. Didn't we have? I feel like we've had this Mike Williams conversation. We talked about it for like two minutes last week, just yeah. briefly, and so I'm right. just kind of reiterating. Like, yeah. the volume is gone, and without the volume, I again I don't want to be a broken record about it, but just we talked about the fact that in the past, the reason we were so low on Mike Williams, and the reason that we were so out on Mike Williams was the fact that you it's it's Tyler Lockett. Right. It's it's boomer bust. It's live or die with Mike Williams. And the so far for the first, what, four weeks of the season, there was no bust. It was right. live or die, but there was no die. Like, no, it was you, all you, were, you were thriving for four consecutive weeks. And I said, if you went back and looked over his game logs in his career, I guarantee you in each of his seasons in his professional career, you would find four or five games every year mm-hmm. when he blew up and had really nice top 10, top it's 15, why top 20 topic weeks. Of conversation year on year on year. Exactly. And people kept saying, if he can just stay healthy, he would be a top 20 receiver all year long. Well, he got hurt again because he's constantly getting hurt and taking that out of it. Even when he's been healthy now, he has not been a factor in the offense. 
So the first four weeks of the season, he absolutely blew up and was doing great and was going way beyond anybody's expectations. And now he's come right back down to earth where he normally is. And I said, maybe this is just the year where those four or five games when he blows up just happened to be the first four or five weeks of the season. Yeah. And the rest of it is his mediocre and that's, performances. And that's what it's looking like is coming to pass here. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. So, no, I want to be out of the Mike Williams business, and I'm willing to take wide receiver 30-ish equivalent for it yeah. at this point. Something like that is kind of what I'm looking for. Yep. So, But I want I want off. I don't yep. see how you could feel good about starting him in your playoffs, yeah. especially. And the next one down the list, though, well, I was going to talk about Antonio Brown, but I struck that off because he's been hurt. So it's not really like worth discussing too much. I'm not really trying to trade Antonio Brown if I have him because he's probably living on your IR. And if you if he came back healthy, would you not want to play him? So. Well, I 100% would. In points per game, I'm pretty sure uh, AB is still top 10. Well, yeah, because this goes back to your with Antonio Brown playing Chris Godwin doesn't matter conversation that we had like twice Correct. this season yeah. earlier. So I figured you'd be okay with that. But 100%. Uh, so with Antonio Brown, if he's not even taking a roster spot for me. I see no reason to trade him at this point. I don't right. want that. Right. Uh, it would be one thing if he was playing and struggling, but he's not. He's just hurt. And a little lower down the list, uh, Chase Claypool. How could you not be concerned? I know you love Chase Claypool. For me, I want out. Out, out, out. Look, I'm not going to lie to you, Neil. I was trying to trade Trace Claypool all offseason uh, in our dynasty league. Like, I love getting Chase Claypool at a discount, but then I was trying to flip that discount right, and sure. see if I can get something decent out of it. And I did not. Nobody seemed yeah. to be interested. And now the whole idea of you're playing with fire because Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger hasn't been good. They're not throwing the ball at all. And then going forward, what is the QB situation? Who even knows what that turns into? Probably not Mason Rudolph, given what right. we continually see. Right. Yeah, probably not that. Couldn't tell you beyond that, though. A lot of free agents in this upcoming market, as we've mentioned a few times on this show. So somebody will get that job. I just couldn't tell you who it is. And I don't think they're going to have a good enough draft pick to draft anybody. So it's probably going to be some kind of free agent shuffling, I would think. Right. Or Ben Roethlisberger comes back right. next year and plays again. and bleh, Gross. Um, so beyond that, there we go. Oh, Internet Hey, all right. Greg Abbott comes through in the clutch. Uh, beyond oh, that. Also, I was... thank you. Ghetto set up on my phone for, for getting us through that rough patch. <laughs> I was going to say it worked out. Mm -hmm. Uh, beyond that, as far as things that would matter, I have one that I want to talk to you about specifically, because it goes back to one of our previous conversations but I, I do have one before that which is a quick hitter and it's just more of a, of a vamp tyler boyd if you're still rostering tyler boyd why yeah, he no longer matters yeah if i could tyler, trade tyler boyd i would trade tyler, tyler boyd, boyd is in defense. the robbie anderson i should have dropped you weeks ago category yeah if i could trade tyler boyd for a defense if i could trade tyler boyd for better than a defense i'm doing it right now yeah there's 100%. no reason to roster tyler boyd uh, and if Cam Newton is the quarterback, maybe that's the thing that gets Robbie Anderson to come back into four. I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, uh, whereas, hey, at least Robbie Anderson, you've got that to hang your hat on. That's something. Do you, do you no, have that to hang your hat on? No, but it's what, something that I can Robbie, say that sounds. Did he have anything more than that one touchdown catch last week? I did not check. I don't. I don't it matters so little that I didn't even check. Because, like, 
again, like if you, you were know, celebrating the right Robbie here. Anderson touchdown, well, catch you're not going to the playoffs last uh, week. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're like, yeah, my team is three and seven. Now I did it, baby. I did it. Uh, Robbie Anderson on the line. Wow. Six targets, four receptions, 37 yards. I was going to say he probably hit the under again. Gross. Um, that's gross. So there you just, go. Just a friend. reminder in week two, the, the over under for Robbie Anderson was set at 40 or no, it was 59 yards. It, it was set at 47 against Houston <laughs> and he has hit that under every single week since. Yeah. Then. Yeah. His they, high, his high was his one catch for 57 yards in week one. It's my worst call of the off season and I'll, I'll live with it and I'll apologize again, whatever, but who cares? But here's the thing. There's so many positive markers on this. Yeah. You paid him all that money. You brought in a quarterback he's familiar with. You got his college coach there. You got a system he should know. And it face plants anyway. And they spend eight weeks trying to force feed him the ball to try and make this thing happen. And now they've just kind of given up. Sure. And I don't know what's broken in the equation. I don't Robbie know if Anderson. it's the coaching, if it's Robbie Anderson himself, if it's Sam Darnold being terrible. It doesn't necessarily have to be one thing. But something in that arrangement does not work. Robbie Anderson. And it's like, you say that, but he was he was fine with Teddy Bridgewater. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you here. Like, I know he fell off towards the end of the season, too. But, yeah, Robbie Anderson is not a thing moving forward. And uh, the last one I had beyond that was just, you know, doing a donut on Tyler Boyd real quick there. The last one I had was Jacoby Myers. Who caught his first touchdown? He did. <laughs> Look, he was, was on he was on both your and I's earlier like four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We were talking about early evaluations, and he was on both of our lists as a uh, as an acquisition target. And since that time, it has not been as rosy as one would hope. Where he's effectively coming off that like he, seventeen uh, point game in week four, he has just not been event like as involved. He, how do I want to word this? He has not broken out to no. where I would have loved to see him break out. Obviously, um, like like all the numbers would say he would. But that's why we put him on the list. Yeah, and look at what he did in three of the first four games. Like he had one bad game in there. Okay. Yeah. But but again. I get what you're saying that he hasn't been spectacular, but for what you had to invest in Jacoby Myers, which should have for all intents and purposes been nothing like a 12th round draft pick. Right. Something like that. I believe going back right. to the 13. Um, like again, the, I think the biggest issue is yes, he's just scored the one touchdown and, and just apples to apples, right? Michael Pittman who you could have gotten for basically the same price in the preseason. Uh, 55 catches on 76 targets for 729 yards. Jacoby Brissett, or Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby right, Myers, Jacoby uh, 50 receptions on 76 targets. The exact same amount of targets. Mm -hmm. They're tied for 15th in the league for in targets. in targets, but he has five less catches and 250 less yards. Right, right. That's and, the difference. And less touchdowns. Is the A dot. Like, he's not getting the yardage. He has more targets than Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, Adam Thielen, 
Hunter Renfro, who's yeah, a target who we, monster a target that we just monster. talked about. Yeah. Yep. Um, AJ Brown. Think about that. AJ Brown, who we're saying go get, right? <laughs> right. Has, as a, a major ad. Has yeah. 41 receptions on 69 targets for 567 <laughs> yards. And Myers' line is 50 for 76 or 50 of 76 for 483. So he's got 100 yards less, but more targets and more receptions. Like he's putting up basically the same numbers A.J. Brown has to this point. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't scored touchdowns, and he's not getting the big yardage. The fact that A.J. Brown played less games? Um, No, but even still, yeah. what is it, two less games? Two, I believe. I like that uh, let's see aj brown has played nine games myers has played 10 yeah okay it's literally so one less okay, it's one, one less, less game. game all right it's not that big of a deal. but but even still my, my point is you've got a guy who's top 15 in wide receiver targets the yardage hasn't been there and the touchdowns haven't been there but he's getting the targets and the receptions in ppr it's tough for me to move on from that especially because i had to invest like nothing well, that's why I wanted to talk it out, because to be honest with you, I was this is a tough one that you can't I, it, it's poor planning by me to word that in the sales category. Yeah, yeah because yeah. because it's not something you can sell. Mm-hmm. It's not saleable. Well, again, estate. it's again, hilarious. Uh, what is this? Yeah. Hunter Renfro has nine games, right? Mm-hmm. But still 52 of 69 for 494. <laughs> And like I said, Myers, 50 of 76 for 483. It's basically the same stat line. Yeah. But the primary difference is Hunter, Hunter Renfro, Renfro has, has more touchdowns. three more touchdowns. That's right. That's the deal. And that's it. Uh, otherwise, they're basically having the exact same season right now. So Deontay Johnson has the same receptions and targets, but more yards. Right. Like he's getting the workload of a primary number one wide receiver. Just the yardage and touchdowns haven't been there. I the absolutely only, want Myers if I can have him. Well, you're still looking to acquire. Okay, because that's where I'm yeah. working my way to. Because so I feel like because he hasn't broken out yet, you should still be able to get wide receiver three level value or pay Probably. wide receiver three level value for Jacoby Myers. Probably. And again, similar to Hunter Renfro, I'm, this is all geared towards PPR. So if you're playing in half point, yeah. just slightly. Mm-hmm tone the enthusiasm down by a small match. Yeah. And if you're playing in standard change your league settings. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really no where point. I'm at. The problem, the problem with, uh, the problem with Myers, the only problem I actually have with Myers is that he's got that buy in week 14, which is not ideal. But other than that, yeah. other than that, I'm good because you got the game on tonight, right. tomorrow night, which I hate Thursday night football with a passion. We've covered <laughs> that, but it's the Falcons defense can't stop anything the, the more i look at these numbers too it just makes me angry oh i can't angry at bill belichick no because again like adam Thielen, adam Thielen, 50 of 73 for 540 it's the same exact stat line but he has six more touchdowns than jacoby My- if it wasn't for the lack of touchdowns well, jacoby yeah. myers would be a top well, 20 wide receiver point. we wouldn't be having this conversation that's yeah. that's why i'm bringing it up is because jacoby yeah. myers is still very interesting because of the non touchdowns and he had a terrible game in week 10. So right. it's why I wanted to bring it up because there's two schools of thought. And one of them isn't valid because you didn't, what could you sell it for? There's nothing worth selling it for. So what do you want to do? It's just a question of, would you still want to acquire it for your roster? And 
there are worse investments I've seen. Uh, it, it should be inexpensive, to your point. And I will say this. Atlanta, Tennessee, my God, it doesn't get much better than that. Buffalo, you don't love, then the bye. But coming off that, Indy, not as bad of a matchup as it looks on paper. Buffalo, again, don't love. Might have to sit him down for that Week 16 Buffalo game. But then in Week 17, if you make it to the championship, you're playing it's Jacksonville. Yeah. Love it. So it's it's a pretty solid schedule. They're not all winners on there, but you're not going to be investing in Myers as like a every week starter even. You know what right, I mean? Right. That's the kind of thing he, I'm looking at where it's like he I had need those two monster weeks in week three and four when he was top 20. Yeah. And even then with all those targets, receptions and yards, he was 18 and 21 in PPR. But this past week and granted, there were people on the buy and injuries and all that. But all he did was four for 49 and got in the end zone. And he was wide receiver 15 as best yeah, on, finish of the season. On four targets too, which is crazy. Yeah. Again, like even without getting a huge target share as the one over the last couple of weeks, he's still put up decent enough numbers that like on the entire season right now, uh, where is he? Jacoby Myers is averaging 11 points per game which means if you gave him Adam Thielen's touchdown numbers right now, he would be averaging the same amount of points as DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks. He'd but be he can't have those because how, who else is going to feed Hunter Henry's children? Exactly. That's All right? It. Like, who else is going to throw it to Hunter Henry in the red zone every time they go down there? That's it. That's what it is, is all your Hunter Henry touchdowns, Take three of them, give them to Myers, and suddenly life yeah. balances in the universe. Uh-huh. So I'm sorry I went full Thanos there for a minute, there but that's that's literally it just dawned on me. It's like, wait, yeah. where'd all the touchdowns go for New England? Oh, that's right. Hunter Henry has like eight too touchdowns many. this year, and they're Way all from like many. the yeah. two yard line. Yeah, Hunter got... Henry leads all tight ends with seven. Seven. Oh, I gave him an extra one. I knew I was close. And his average depth of target has to be what two yards, probably. I mean, because it's like Hunter Henry doesn't do anything until they get to inside the twenty. He's got a yards per reception of eleven point four, but I feel like that's got to be from like two games at the beginning of the year. Got to be because no I know he way a, that's recent. He caught a thirty-three yard reception at some point on the year. There's I remember no that way happening. That's recent. Yeah, so that's that's shocking, actually, given what Hunter Henry typically does in these games, right? Uh, yeah, uh, last week he was four for 37 with two touchdowns. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's, two that's for the, 19 that's the with a touchdown, line. one for 33, yep. two for no 23, touchdown. two for 25, six for 75 against Houston. It's the Texans' fault. Oh, that's what's playing with the math. Okay. Yeah. Then okay. four for 32, five for 36, two for 42, three for 31. And he's got touchdowns so he, in a lot of So those. he's good for like three long catches of 15 plus yards and then touchdowns. Yeah, and then they're just touchdowns. That's mm-hmm. that's all it does. So it's Pathetic. it's and it's like tight end eight because that's, yeah. that's like what a wasteland. That's like what a wasteland tight end. What a wasteland. What a wasteland that that's tight end eight. Like oh my god, it's a nightmare. Because if he doesn't catch that touchdown, you get a three. Right. That's happening in your life, and it's like that's we know that that's the risk you run with a lot of tight ends. Mm-hmm. But for that to be tight end eight, I got to tell you, we got to go with Jack's plan as an industry. And just full tight end into wide receiver. And so that way, the four tight ends that mattered, we could just play everything as a flex. 
Yeah, hundred. No more tight end as a position. We just eliminate it and just fold that into another category. Brilliant. Play everything as a flex because that is pointless for us to keep rankings on a position like that where Hunter Henry is tight end eight, uh, only on two yard touchdowns. Right. Just on bunny touchdowns. That's all he does. It's so frustrating. So realistically, that was the majority of my list. That was more of like the acquisitions, and then the the kind of guys I'm like frantically looking to run away from just with two weeks on the clock here. So we did this a little bit differently because of some weird, unexpected technical difficulties than how we had actually intended to <laughs> plan think? it. But we did get through the segment. It happened. We it got through out, it. Neil. It worked out. We got, we got all the meaningful advice the out there. Yeah. yeah. It all worked out. It's all good in the hood. Um, unless you want to sit around and talk about Van Jefferson, your favorite topic or Odell no, Beckham thanks. Jr. I'm good. Talk about Odell Oh yeah. Beckham we Jr. didn't even note it or uh, note Bobby trees. Oh, how disappointing was oh, that? I didn't, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. it Going out it, on, uh, again, after they signed Odell on Friday. That was a big part of the show on Friday night. And then on Saturday, out of the blue, we find out that on Friday night, they heard Robert Woods tore his ACL. So shout out to our guy, Robert Woods. Yeah. Hope he recovers I, quickly, especially because this is November, man. Right. So with him tearing his ACL now, the odds that he's back ready 100% for the start of next season are not great. Probably no, looking at mid-September, October. Yeah, especially because Robert Woods is like, and I'm sorry, Robert, I love you. I'm, I, I'm a huge fan, mm. but not as young as he used to be. This is not going right. to be the easiest thing to come back from in his career. And I'm, I'm concerned about the same thing where it's like Robert Woods might actually be a sneaky value going into next season. Cause he might plummet in, in, uh, or it might be the kind of thing that scares you. Yeah, I don't know. Too we'll talk to, to our guy Edwin in a couple of weeks about it for sure. Because, uh, like I said, with it him with it happening here in uh, November, like to me, I'm concerned that he ends up on the pup. Right. Right. And, it could and happen. And then you have and then you have situations like Tariq Cohen, who's coming off an ACL that happened in Week One last year, where he mm-hmm. really was rehabbing. He's a young guy. He should have had every opportunity to come back and be ready for this season. And it looks like he's not even going to, you know, it looks like he's not even going to play down. He's not even going to play in 2021. So now we're going into next year. You hope that Robert Woods can come back and be a hundred percent. But again, like Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton came back, had a little bit of rust in the preseason, but remember he tore his ACL in August, right? He suffered his injury real early and he still was, was struggling when we got into September. I still sometimes think he's not totally right. So I think there's play. a great chance that that Bobby Trees like is on the pup to start next it's year. It's very that, possible. That he doesn't even come back to start the beginning of the season. He's not even someone we're talking about from a drafting perspective. No, because it's, it's, it's horrible. The whole thing is horrible. Awful. I feel horrible for Robert Woods and his family and all that to, to have his career impacted like this because – there are more important things than fantasy football. And I never thought I would actually say that sentence out loud, but here it is folks. And, uh, and that that's one of them. His long-term yeah. health is much more important than any football game, whether 100%. it be fantasy graph 100%. paper or NFL, it doesn't matter. So we hope he gets better. And yeah, it does. It does create a weird flux mm-hmm. with LA and their receiving core. Mm-hmm. So if you thought Cooper can Cooper cup go higher than wide receiver one, do we have to create like a wide receiver zero position for him? Cooper Cup's going to fall into Michael Thomas territory next year where he's going to be so absurdly highly ranked that it's there's no way it returns the value. Yeah, right, right, it. right. Or, and also, there's no guarantee that he's going to be the same 
after the beating that he's going to take that he's taken this season because of all right. the volume. And right. you're talking about a guy in Cooper Cup who, like, forget, notoriously has injury history or picture of health. Mm, I think it's the first one. Yeah. That you're now that you've now subjected to this beating that he's well. Taken we also here. have, uh, you know, OBJ now in there dealing with that, and that's. Uh, my favorite example of this is you look at guys with the white hot starts. Remember a couple years back, you know, we've talked about Adam Thielen so much already on this show where Adam Thielen set the record of eight consecutive weeks to start the year with a hundred plus receiving yards in each game, having a white hot start to the season and then never got over 60 yards the whole second the half of, of that way. season because yeah. teams just focused a hundred percent on him. Do defenses do that now with Cooper cup? Look at what happened this last week. No Robert Woods. They said, we dare you to beat us with the ground game and Van Jefferson, and they couldn't do it. OBJ is going to learn the offense eventually, but until he does and you have another threat on that offense you can take seriously, I, I don't know. Well, the issue that we're getting to here, Steve, is the with the more tape that I get to watch on Van Jefferson, mm, there's a good amount at this point. You know, he just might not be very good. Yep. Uh, sad to say it. But from watching him actually play, I mean, again, I get the I get the that he's a superstar player and the talent's always been there and all of that with OBJ. But you don't sign OBJ off the street when you have Woods and Cup and Jefferson playing so many snaps if you're confident in what Van Jefferson can do. Well, and you see it mostly from my evaluation, at least what jumps off to me is Van Jefferson operating near the red zone is impossibly terrible yeah he 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 cannot do it Mm -hmm. what he really excels at is what we always watch him do well run down the field with your arm up and catch it he's really good at that yeah like given how hard that is the minute you ask him to run any kind of other route yeah especially near the red zone does not go well no and then he starts dropping stuff because he loses confidence it's it all falls apart yeah so and odell beckham jr i you know my feelings on Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Like so does the, so does anyone listening to this for a repeat repeat listen. Eventually he'll get out there and try, but is he going to start beefing with with leadership over there too? Well, about... so he played what like sixteen snaps. Like yeah, like it's I too said, early. It's too early to know. It's he, he's got to gotta, he's got to learn the playbook and he's got to get more acclimated to what they're trying to do and get in the rhythm. You should have there, no but... problem removing Van Jefferson from playing any kind of meaningful role. Van Jefferson will right. go back to his old role of just running down the field with his hands up and Odell will do the rest. So right. that'll happen, but it's going to take several weeks. And then, like I said, I'm still dubious that Odell Beckham's not going to just suddenly get into a massive argument with Sean McVay on the sideline. And then that'll right. be the end of that. that or a any... kicking net one or the other. Yeah. Any given moment that could happen yeah. with them. So you never know. But anyway, Technical difficulties have made this one of our longest shows on record, Steve. But that's I all think, right. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with yeah. us. Uh, if you do have any questions or anything, remember patreon.com slash important nonsense. That's right. Hit us up. Hit us up specifically in the Discord. Oh, I have no. gotten a couple of people who uh, are sending uh, like direct messages through the Patreon. That's fine. You can do that. But it takes me a couple days to get back on there. Whereas if you just log into the Discord, instantaneous well i was gonna say you might not be steve who answers your questions i mean he'll get there eventually typically but mm-hmm. anybody who's around who's in on our discord. staff will be yeah. talking to you as you, well. you have like so 20 get... options in the discord and any of us can answer your questions whereas when you're on the patreon it's just me answering those dms giving you that service information so uh yeah you don't you don't want that just go go to the discord talk to the staff 
they love it over there. And if you don't know how to use Discord, it's really not complicated. There's an app on your phone. Yeah. You can download it from whatever Play Store you need to. It takes 10 seconds to get yeah. set up. It could not really. Realistically, I've never seen an easier web conferencing platform than Discord. Right. 100%. Uh, but again, Neil, thank you for for steering the ship there through uh, through the troubled waters that my internet provided. And uh, Call at and Tell them they're fired. <laughs> I will. And uh, thank you to, uh, to everyone that stuck around and listened. We appreciate all of you. Uh, again, patreon.com slash port nonsense. I'm at nonsense underscore Steve at nonsense underscore Neil and uh, follow us everywhere at nonsense FF until next week. Keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. And you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!